Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 17th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And welcome to the first week of the offseason. Uh, as I said throughout uh, last week, uh, we're going to probably slow things down just a smidge, just a little bit. Uh, but this week is the first week of our season recap. We'll be going doing that for the next two or three weeks or so leading into the NBA Draft Combine. Shows are probably going to get a little bit shorter. We're going to keep our focus in a little bit tighter here. Uh, let me try and get a little bit of sleep and, and, and take some time away before we dive deeper into the draft. We'll hopefully have some other fun things along the way. This week, as I noted last week, uh, as we were wrapping up the regular season, is what went right, what went wrong week. This is our this is on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as here on the Locked On Magic Podcast. We will be recapping everything that's going on, uh, or, or just recapping what went on, what went right, what went wrong in the 2017 season. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more that went wrong than went right. I try to, to have them tie in together so they're not too uh, diverse or too, too out of the way. Because um, usually there's a, there's two sides to every coin. This year, obviously, was was a little bit difficult to find things that did go right. Um, ignore that bell. Uh, and, uh, um, yeah, you know, and, and so we'll have that. And be sure to read the companion articles up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The podcast now will precede what's going to be posted on Orlando Magic Daily. So uh, be sure to check out both uh, the podcasts adding to what uh, we post on Line at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So this is this is big plug week for the content on on there. Uh, as again, we're wrapping as we're going to wrap up the 2017 season. The, the year's over. The playoffs started on Saturday. I hope everyone enjoyed the games. A lot of a lot of fun games. It was nice to see Giannis and nice to see uh, uh, you know seven time All Star Joe Johnson have big games. I know that our our founding father here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, uh, David Locke, was happy about that result. Uh, some fun games on Sunday as well. Uh, John Wall going crazy. Uh, of course, Jimmy Butler having a great game. And, of course, our, our condolences are out to Isaiah Thomas and his family um, after after the tragic events from Saturday. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that, that should do it about for the weekend recap. And, and uh, we'll, we'll have some fun stuff here, too. We're going to relax things a little bit, uh, I hope. Uh, as we uh, as we end the season, get into and get into you know some of the dead times here for the Magic. Be sure to check out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Also, our calendar. Uh, I went out went ahead and scoped out some of the big dates coming up on the NBA calendar. The biggest, the first one will come up the first week of May when the NBA Draft Combine begins. Of course, we're about thirty days away now from the NBA Draft Lottery, uh, and then and then we'll move on from there. So so be sure to check that out. Start marking your calendars for the big dates coming up on the NBA schedule. Keep watching the playoffs, of course. We'll, we'll comment there when something crazy happens, uh, like I kind of like I did in the first three and a half minutes here. Uh, but let's focus in on the magic with today's episode. 
Today's episode is going to be all about Frank Vogel, and, and we'll have player evaluations, and I'm going to kind of excuse Vogel from that because this episode is going to really take care of how we feel about Frank Vogel because in many ways, Frank Vogel is both what went right about this season and what went wrong about this season. I think the best place to start with Frank Vogel is the expectations that were kind of heaped upon him, both both fairly and unfairly. When the season ended last year, I and Frank Vogel was was you know unceremoniously dismissed from the Indiana Pacers. His contract was not renewed, so he was not fired. He didn't resign. He they just decided not to renew his contract. He became a coaching free agent, and those are very 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 rare. I think the last time that it happened uh, was Nate McMillan when he left Seattle to go to Portland. Uh, ironically, Nate McMillan took over for Frank Vogel in Indiana. That was the last notable coaching free agent where a coach didn't get fired or, or didn't, you know, leave on his own accord or anything like that. When that happened, I mean, when that happened, I can't tell you how many people came to me online and said, I, I really kind of wish the Magic would just fire Skiles and go after Frank Vogel. And I said, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, Frank Vogel is probably a better coach than Scott Skiles, but Skiles did his job, essentially. The team improved by 10 wins, and there's no reason to think that the Magic would do something like that. And certainly, and Vogel would probably agree with this too, coaching continuity is really, really important. And this for this Magic team that, that that's had now four coaches in three years, you can see the problem that coaching continuity can have, that, that lack of coaching continuity can have. Uh, Vogel, you know, I, I mean, I asked Vogel about this directly at exit interviews, and I'm sure I'll comment on it a little bit later on in the summer, um, he said that the coaching continuity thing, him, having him and his staff in place for another year, having some familiarity, is going to help this team improve. I mean, and I do agree. I think the team can jump a few wins if you bring back the same roster. I think the jump can't, the, the the team can jump a few wins just from that comfort level with what Vogel's asking for them. Now, of course, the Magic aren't going to do that. They need they need to make roster improvements to 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 get where they want to go. We'll get into that. We'll get into the summer stuff later. Let's let's talk about the 2017 season. So when Scott Skiles suddenly resigned from the Magic, it seemed like the car the the stars had aligned to get the Magic the the star coach that they always wanted, and that was Frank Vogel. And it didn't take very long for the Magic to officially announce that Frank Vogel would be coming on as their new head coach. Everyone was happy. This was the hire everyone wanted, and, and and frankly, it was the hire that I wanted. I'm going to say frankly a lot, and that's pun not intended. It, it was the hire that we all wanted because Vogel had the defensive pedigree. He had success in Indiana. He, he seemed to be able to reach his players. He was a player's coach. I often said throughout the season that Frank Vogel was the coach that last year's team needed. They needed someone who would demand something from them but not be too overbearing, which tends to be Scott Skiles' style. It well, it seemed like a perfect match. And when the Magic went out and got Serge Ibaka, and when the Magic even went out and got Bismack Biombo, it seemed like they were ready to build the kind of defense that made the Indiana Pacers a solid playoff team for a very long time. It seemed like Vogel was the perfect coach to do all this. And in many ways, Vogel did deliver on some of these promises. If you look at Nikola Vucevic and his defensive numbers— he had his best defensive season of his career. There's no, there's really, except for a few stray metrics, there's really no denying this, that that Vucevic was extremely strong on the defensive end in a way that he hasn't been throughout his career. 
His defensive win shares were the highest of his career. His defensive box plus minus was the highest of his career. About the only thing that didn't go down was his uh, defensive field goal percentage at the rim. But even observationally, you could tell he was a better defensive player. He was in better position. He was challenging shots better. He was using verticality. These are the things that Frank Vogel taught Roy Hibbert, another kind of grounded big man that turned him into one of the best defensive centers in the league. No one's expecting Nikola Vucevic to be at that level that Hibbert was at way back when. And even so, as as we all kind of note, Hibbert became increasingly ineffective and forced Vogel and the Pacers to shift their strategy a little bit. On top of all that, Aaron Gordon also became a more solid defender. Um, He... If there was one area where Aaron Gordon worked at small forward, it was with his perimeter defense. It was because he could defend the best threes and the best fours in the league and do it very, very successfully. So in those cases, the Magic seemed to to get exactly what they wanted from Frank Vogel. The other part that that really worked, too, was Vogel is a positive-minded coach. He is the kind of coach that can reach his players, that can get to them and teach them and, uh, uh, you know, and and stay stay with them. I mean, you heard it throughout the season how players would say, you know, we had a, a tough video session, he held us accountable, but he also pointed out what we did well and, and where we, not only where we can improve and giving us constructive criticism, but also saying, you know, this is where, what these are the things we're doing well. So it was a good balance, and, and it was not a bad thing for this team to have. This is still a young team that needs confidence, and, and Vogel is very good at helping teams build confidence. That That is something that he strongly believes in. Um, that, that, you know, that was maybe something that Indiana felt like the team didn't need anymore. There is a certain point where you do need a kick in the butt, and, and I said this at various points throughout the season— I felt last year's team needed Vogel, where they needed kind of a helping hand to get to that next level, especially as they seem to be getting closer and knocking on, knocking on that door. Whereas this year's team, with a more veteran group, probably needed a hard ass like Skiles to 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 kick him in the butt a few times to to get him to snap him back into attention, and didn't need kind of the quiet, softer approach that Vogel brings. Um, that is to say that, that again, there's both good and bad with what Vogel did this year uh, in, in evaluating. His his coaching job, Vogel did a lot of good. Um, you know, it doesn't show in the numbers, and certainly doesn't show in the wins. He really stuck with the team. He tried to build the winning culture that everyone talks about. Um, he kept holding players accountable. He he made sure that they would earn their minutes. He wasn't just going to hand minutes out. You know, even to guys that that seemed like they deserved it sometimes, or just because a guy is a high draft pick or or something like that 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 they deserve it. He wasn't going to do that, but. At the end of the day, this is a results-driven business. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And as much as we can all point to the flaws within the roster, and we can point to saying, team didn't have a great offensive player. Aaron Gordon was playing out of position. Uh, that, that they were 
you know, didn't have a great bench. As much as we can point to all those things and say those are reasons the Magic struggled, and they absolutely are. And Vogel, you know, was working with an incomplete picture and a puzzle that wasn't complete, and even probably some pieces from a different box. We also have to say, you know, you're still the one that has to put this together. You're still the one that has to make this work. And consistently throughout the year, there were moments where we were just begging Vogel to do something different, to try something different, to try and get this team back over the hump. And it just never happened. Vogel, for for all that he does well, has some serious flaws. And Indiana Pacers fans knew it, and the Pacers knew it, which is why they were willing to let him walk in, in free agency, essentially. If, if you talk to Pacers fans, the thing that I always remembered hearing about, about Vogel was his offense was unimagin- unimaginative. And certainly the Magic's offensive talent didn't help, but the team finishing 29th in offensive rating, never really getting above that mark, really struggling on the offensive end, even after... The, the, the all-star break when they made the lineup shift and it seemed like their offense was playing better. But when you look at offensive rating, still in the 20s. Still wasn't that much better. It was a very stagnant offense to me. I felt like it, it, it relied a little too heavily on pick and rolls. Needed some more off-ball movement, uh, especially when you, I mean, afterwards, especially when you have a guy like Terrence Ross. But getting Evan Forney out, out on the on the move, getting, getting even Alfred Payton in more pick and rolls, um, getting Serge Ibaka to, to pop out to the corner. I mean, a, early in the season, we were counting how few times Serge Ibaka was taking corner threes, which was his bread and butter with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They could not get him those looks, or they weren't trying to get him those looks. And so it did feel a little bit, and, and Aaron Gordon especially, cutting. We saw when he was moved to power forward how effective Aaron Gordon was cutting around the basket. Especially when you have a center and a, and a power forward like Ibaka who can go stretch out to the three-point line. Getting them to getting Gordon to cut around them should have been cut around them to the basket to curl and work around the basket still could have been something they tried, and it, it never really came together. On top of all this, you can't deny that Vogel's defense struggled for the first time in his coaching career. His team finished outside the top ten in defensive rating, and and that was essentially the big piece to the puzzle the Magic needed to happen if they were going to make the playoffs this year. They needed that defensive piece to happen, and it never did. It never really came together. There was the first quarter of the season, for sure, when the defense was playing at a really high level and giving the Magic every opportunity to win games. But after that after that switch was flipped, they never could get the defense back, and the Magic just looked a step slow. And there were some gambles that the Magic took that, that Vogel approved of, such as bringing in Serge Ibaka. You know, he said during exit interviews that he that that um, he believed that Ibaka's ability to guard the perimeter would negate the the size that the Magic would have that the Magic would would lose that um, that they would be able to play big because Ibaka could do that and, and Ibaka just couldn't do it. On top of all that, Vogel said this very plainly at exit interviews: the Magic's perimeter defenders could not keep their man in front of them. It was a constant struggle to guard their man, to keep him out of the paint and keep him away from the bigs. And that prevented them from maybe adding more wrinkles to adding more wrinkles and rules to their defensive schemes, to making their defensive schemes a little more complicated and a little more dangerous um, to, to opponents. It, it just never came together. And Vogel even said this 
after, at late in the season that you know I wasn't good enough. That that I needed to do more to, to to get this team where they needed to be defensively, and that's what the Magic brought Vogel in to do was to coach defense, and so to see the results that the Magic had this year with the roster they built, with the expectations for this roster, and and even if you were down on the Magic and didn't think they were going to be, you know, thought they'd be a 35 win team again, I think their over under was 35 again or 34, 33, something like that. Even if you thought they'd hit that level. You had to still expect with the defensive talent they had to be better. The fact that Ibaka and Biombo were a 112 defensive rating when they were on the floor together, that is a problem. And that's a problem that, that is partially roster construction, but also partially scheme. And, you know, Vogel said he's going to have to spend some time this summer trying to figure out how to make his scheme work against these smaller lineups, these small ball teams that spread you out so much. It is a different NBA than it was when Vogel's defenses were terrorizing the league. Now, granted, he did it successfully last year in Indiana. Indiana last year was a top 10 defense. And the league has changed a lot in a year. It hasn't changed that much. You should still be able to play decently well on the defensive end with the right pieces. And so I think the big thing the Magic are going to try and do is find the right pieces defensively to make it work because I think they, they feel a little bit more confident with, with where their offense is going uh, this year. And, of course, they have the big draft pick and, the free ag- and, and a little bit of free agency money to throw around uh, to, to make it work too. So, you know, you add all this together. And I think you also have to look at the, the, the Aaron Gordon piece. It's not just that Aaron Gordon played small forward. I, I still don't, don't have a huge problem with that experiment. Um, it, it probably should have been done a few years ago. It shouldn't have been done this year with the, with so much pressure to win. But it always felt like Vogel left you know one round in the chamber, so to speak. I, I looked it up. According to NBA Wowie, Aaron Gordon and Serge Ibaka played only 52 minutes together uh, without Nikola Vucevic or Bismack Biombo on the floor. The Magic never tried the Gordon-Ibaka lineup. They, they never really tried it. And I think that has to be considered uh, another one of Vogel's flaws is that he's very slow to change rotations, to adjust his rotations. He's going to kind of stick with what he wants to do until it's beyond obvious that it's not working. And Vogel gave a, a decent reason for why this is the case. He said that, you know, you have to explore your plan. You have to give it every opportunity to, to succeed if, if that, that's your plan. So blame the initial plan, I guess. But you can't be searching. You can't be kind of searching and fishing for things because then you lose credibility and you lose trust with your players if you're just kind of desperately looking for something that works and it keeps failing and failing and failing and failing. It's a rock and a hard place for sure. You got to stick with what you believed at the beginning of the year, but when that doesn't work, you got to find something that works quickly or else you completely lose everything. And I think that was a struggle that Vogel had this year. There were also, of course, the issues with, with Jeff Green getting a lot of run uh, when he was clearly not as effective as he could have been. Uh, there is a lot of the, the C.J. Watson, you know, in, in C.J. Watson uh, conundrum at the back of point guard spot, or back of shooting guard spot instead of Mario Hazonia, which I, I think we can all kind of see there, there's no good solution to that answer. Um, there's just a lot of these issues that kept popping up, and a lot of it was roster construction. You, you, you can only do so much with the roster you're given. 
But at the same time, there is no excuse for losing games by 30 points on a regular basis. The Magic had six games where they lost by 30 points or more. There is no excuse for that happening regularly. And to some extent, that's got to fall on the coach. That's, that's his responsibility to get his team ready to play and to inspire them to play. It's beyond scheming. It's just buy-in. And the team struggled with that throughout the year. It seems like I'm coming down hard on, on Vogel, and I think I'm not saying anything that isn't too painfully obvious on, on either end. Vogel, though, is still the long-term coach of this team. I, I still believe in him that he can figure this out. And I think the Magic do too. Obviously, they do. I mean, they they've said it. You know, they 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 they're looking for a GM who is excited to work with Vogel. They think they have one of the best coaches in the league. We didn't see Vogel at his best this year, and some of it was the roster. But at the same time, without a star like Paul George to kind of be the anchor for the team, a lot of Vogel's flaws as a head coach were revealed. As I said. It felt like this year's team needed a kick in the butt that you would get from from a hard ass like Scott Skiles. They needed someone that would get a little angry at them. And that's that's not to say Vogel doesn't get angry. He he always seems very composed when he talks to the press. And one of the things that they talked about in Indiana was that he'd just kind of grown stale because he didn't get into his team. He didn't get angry. He waited for the tape to expose everyone's flaws. And there's a place for that. There's absolutely a place for that. But Indiana wanted something else. They, they wanted a different voice in there. That's what they got. And Vogel, I think, brought the same approach to Orlando. And I, I think its effectiveness was questionable because his teams kept making the same mistakes and kept falling into the same traps. That doesn't mean there wasn't good. I think Vucevic's defensive improvement was, was great. Vogel even kind of remarked that he was surprised how much better Vucevic had gotten defensively. Aaron Gordon's defense was a great development for this team. Vogel did start figuring things out. I think he found something late in the season. I I, I don't know how real it is quite yet, but he showed a lot of comfort adjusting to that small ball lineup that the Magic started using. And the Magic had more success you know, toward the end of the season than they did at the beginning of the season, on offense at least. And so that's a positive sign for the future. Given a training camp, I think they can lock things in a little bit a little bit deeper. It's going to be interesting to see where the Magic take this roster. Because before we can talk about the coaching and, and the effect that Vogel can have on this team, the Magic got to get a roster that works. And, and obviously the, the, the architect of the roster is now gone. And so we'll see what direction the Magic head in this summer. And probably Vogel's most important charge for next season and the summer now is getting Aaron Gordon, you know, coaching hit trying to find a way to, you know, having him co- having his talent begin to to develop uh, some more concrete skills. It's getting Alfred Payton to consistency. It's whoever they draft, getting him to be able to contribute semi-immediately. I don't think the Magic the Magic have said it, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in, in the summer, in a couple of weeks actually. Um, the Magic don't intend to do a full rebuild. They want to win now. 
And so I, I think the future is still bright when it comes to Frank Vogel. But this year, just like for everyone on this roster, this year was a struggle for the Orlando Magic's head coach. 29 wins says it all. As, as Dennis Green always said, you are what your record says you are. And like everyone else, this year the Magic really, really struggled. And I think that's where you have to leave it for Frank Vogel this year. Before we close out today's show, I'm going to start a new feature. It's called One Lottery Per Day. As, as you know, we're kind of killing time now before the NBA Draft Lottery. We'll have some NBA Draft coverage when we get to the Combine. And I thought it'd be fun if we you know went to our good pals at Tankathon and simulated one lottery per day and keep track of the results. So I got, I actually, I'll usually do this live on the podcast. I came up with the idea while I was watching the playoffs and simulated a lot, simulate a lottery. I, I clicked the button once, you know, the sim lottery button up there. And this is what I got. First pick, Philadelphia. They get to copy the magic. Whoop-de-doo. Second pick, Orlando. This is this is this is literally the first time I, I clicked it on Sunday Sunday night. Second pick, Orlando. Third pick, Los Angeles, and then of course the fourth pick, Boston. So we're going to keep track of this. Every episode of Locked On Magic, I'm going to simulate the NBA draft lottery and keep track of where the Magic end up. So today they got the second pick. So they get a tally there. And they did not get the Lakers pick. So we'll keep track of that as well. Don't get Lakers pick. All right. So we've got those tallies down. What do you think? If this scenario happened, would you be happy with it? If the Magic ended up with the second pick in the draft, but did not get the Lakers pick in 2019, would you be happy with it? Tweet us your responses, as well as go ahead, tweet us your one lottery per day. Use the hashtag one lottery per day at LockedOnMagic or at OMagicDaily, and uh, we'll share some of those on the show uh, as we count the days till we have something to talk about. Um on the Locked On Magic show. Some actual basketball to talk about as we get closer and closer to the lottery. Uh, that's coming up in, in four weeks, I think. It's four or five weeks, something like that. We've got a long way to go before then, so we'll, we'll, we'll have fun with this and take a look at, we'll, we'll simulate one lottery per day. The ties, I know some people ask me this, the ties for the NBA draft will be broken on Monday. Uh, if I don't think I talked about this much, but the Magic's second first-round pick um, coming from the Raptors, is involved in a four-way tie. Four teams tied with 51 wins this year. The Jazz, the Clippers, the Cavs, and the Raptors. The Magic get the worst of the Raptors or Clippers pick. They're going to break that tie on Monday, so we'll know where the Magic pick in the second round. It's between 23 and 26, I believe, are the are the four, the four picks that the Magic can get or the Magic are slated for. Um, depending on how the tiebreaker goes. So we'll, we'll, I'll have that news. We'll talk a little bit about that on tomorrow's episode. We'll also have another edition of our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series 
here on Locked On Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for the write-ups on today's topic, Coach Frank Vogel. Um, some good work there from Ryan Doyle as well as myself uh, on on Coach Frank Vogel uh, today on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com throughout the day as we still have content coming in despite the deadness of the offseason at the moment. We'll be here all week this week with what went right, what went wrong. So be sure to tune into those throughout the week. We want to hear from you what went right, what went wrong as well. Be sure to tweet at us at Locked On Magic with what went right, what went wrong, or at Omagic Daily. Um, you can, of course, like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic, as well as like Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you download podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic, including another one lottery per day and another what went right, what went wrong. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.